We learned this week of further confirmation that Wagner productions tend to end messily for the key protagonists. Rather more startlingly, we learned that there are, or rather were, nine actual sentient people who were apparently willing, all things considered, to board a private aircraft in Russia of all places, with Wagner Group CEO and recent ringleader of a mutiny, or perhaps putiny, Yevgeny Prigozhin, of all people. The Russian mercenary leader who challenged Vladimir Putin in an aborted coup attempt is tonight shrouded in a level of mystery and intrigue worthy of a page-turning spy novel. And we learned that we're not the only ones who can overwrite an introduction. We have not, as of this broadcast, learned what other fate-tempting activities Prigozhin's party planned to undertake on arrival in St. Petersburg, but are going to go ahead and assume they intended to convene a press conference at which they would accuse President Vladimir Putin of riding a girl's bike with a little basket on the front and streamers attached to the handlebars, or perhaps dress up as lamb chops and lie down in the lion enclosure in Leningrad Zoo. We mostly learned, and it says much about Russia, though nothing good, that just sometimes it is possible to read, as one very often does, of picturesque mishap befalling one of Putin's opponents and somehow perceive Putin as the relatively sympathetic figure. We learned further lessons elsewhere about the relationship between actions and consequences. I got plenty of nothing. And nothing's plenty for me. For we learned that after a long wait, the NFT craze has at last furnished some amusement to the non-idiot community. For listeners who wisely zoned out of this recent phenomenon, a brisk recap. NFT stands for non-fungible token, i.e. a thing which does not in any meaningful sense exist, but for which bemusing quantities of people were nevertheless willing to pay, in some cases perplexingly large sums. The most expensive NFT ever sold at auction, we learned when we looked it up, went for nearly 92 million US dollars an amount which would buy you a mid-range Picasso or Matisse, like the actual thing which you could hang on a wall, as opposed to whatever an NFT even is. Anyway, and we're getting to the fun bit, hang in there, a big thing in the NFT realm was a series of cartoons which became known as Bored Apes. These were, for a fleeting interregnum, a huge whoop, endorsed by celebrities and fetching considerable sums. As recently as September 2021, we learned from still further of the diligent and meticulous research which underpins these ostensibly whimsical news reviews, Sotheby's sold a lot of 101 bored ape NFTs to a single buyer who coughed up 24 million US dollars or nearly $250,000 per ugly image of ennui-laden simian. None of which, to be clear, existed unless you printed them out, which of course literally anybody with a smartphone could have done for nothing, assuming they could get their printer to work. We learned this week that non-existent computer-generated images of monkeys in sunglasses are not a reliable store of value. No. Really? Oh, that blows my mind. No way. Blow me down. We were as surprised as you are. We learned this via a richly amusing lawsuit, which we learned had been launched against Sotheby's by aggrieved bored ape owners, vexed that their purchases are now worth rather less than what they paid for them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
We learned from one of the indexes, which does actually keep track of this stuff, honestly, the planet-obliterating asteroid cannot come sufficiently quickly, that you can now pick up a board ape for as little as 40,000 US dollars. Though that, to be honest, does still sound a pretty hefty slug for something which, at risk of repeating ourselves, does not, in any reasonable assessment of the situation, exist. So we would appear to have learned that the buccaneering libertarian tech bro tendency who very often get caught up in these things have not learned, or at least do not wish to learn, how capitalism works. And we'll explain this as quickly as possible, that that which goes up can come down. As a certain prominent Russian entrepreneur also discovered. Hey, well, all right, sir, here we go there, and what are you going to give for? I'm a 25 to give 30 now, 500 to be able to have another $40 on the make it a 40 now. Nevertheless, in the interests of revitalizing the NFT sector, we are making available an NFT of this installment of what we learned, i.e. a digital certificate or whatever, saying it's yours despite the fact that any clown can listen to it whenever they like, where a reasonable satirical news review will take £5 million. <laughs> A million quid. A grand. Come on, we're robbing ourselves. A sandwich. To hell with you all and the apes you rode in on. Sticking with the subject of buccaneering libertarian tech bros who paid a fortune for something without arguably thinking it all the way through. We learned that the proprietor of X, formerly known as Twitter, and increasingly plausibly Earth's most irritating individual, Elon Musk, had learned that corporate advertisers are, as a bunch, unenthused about seeing their brand associated too closely with the Chancellor of Germany circa 1933 to 1945, and yes, we'll be needing that chorus of mock surprise again. No, really? Oh, Whoa. that blows my Whoa. mind. Really? No way. Blow me down. We learned that despite the departure of several major advertisers in recent months, this is the reason why scrolling your X-feed now feels like channel hopping between infomercials for solar-powered electric ab stimulators and adjustable posture dog bowls, those who had stuck around were having their sponsored tweets, or whatever the heck we're supposed to call them now, jammed amid the ravings of weirdos, cranks, white supremacists, holocaust deniers, and out-and-out -out Nazis. Yikes! And yet, the weekly What We Learned monologue on Monocle Radio languishes unsponsored. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller. <laughs>